The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Radio Tony with Tony Lontis. Author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Available now on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores. Radio Tony. Your safe space for tough conversations, exposing secrets and talking about trauma and recovery. Radio Tony. Building Resilience. Talking Trauma. Radio Tony. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia. Radio Tony. Difficult conversations and bringing hope to listeners. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia on W4. Good evening, America, and good morning, Australia. You're listening to Tony Lontis Live. And a big shout-out to Rebel, our sound technician, who is there week after week after week and who I had the pleasure of talking to multiple times in the week. So shout-out to Rebel. Uh, Welcome to everyone who's listening online today. We have a wonderful guest a little bit later on in the program, but first I'd like to talk about what's happening in the world at the moment. And I'd like to start by sharing a little piece from Anthony Williams in The Guardian. And she says, COVID-19 has hit and like many, two weeks ago, I was laughing at the folks stockpiling toilet paper. Also, like many, I started to get a little scared. Reading about patient 31 who slipped past detection in South Korea and then had contact with more than a 1,000 people, possibly resulting in over half the cases in that country. I can see the risks mounting. But I can also see a sinister way that people are trying to reassure themselves You've seen the graphs shared on social media. About 20% of people infected will end up in hospital, one quarter of them in ICU. When things get really bad, medical staff will be forced with a choice between patients when allocating limited life-saving resources. Yet crazily, these stats are often being used to comfort rather than warn. Because the other thing we know is that most people in this 20% will be the elderly or those with underlying medical uh, conditions and those that are immunocompromised. Anthea goes on to say, she's a healthy-looking immunocompromised person and she's even had friends tell her that they are not worried about getting COVID-19 because they know they'll survive it. Well, Most of those people won't die and they will survive. But actually, that that person that doesn't survive could actually be me. She and I live with autoimmune disease. But despite the dreary imagery around those with disability and health conditions, I don't live in an attic in my parents' family home. I live on a beautiful rural property and I have a wonderful wide open space around me and I love where I live. Anthea also goes on to say that social media and seeing colleagues and friends sharing stats about how unlikely they are to personally die from COVID, how in essence they are safe and are going to go on with their lives worry-free. This sort of comment leads to ableism underlying all those we have nothing to worry about posts. I can't help but see it as an assumption that we will not lose anyone of value, anyone like us, that inconvenience and economy slowing is not worth lives saved, that one life is worth less than another. Some lives will be compromised If I get sick, if Anthea gets sick, if those of my friends in an immunocompromised situation get sick, we might die. The likelihood of that happening is quite high. 
as Australia's government goes on to the beginning of limiting uh, mass gathering, quarantining travellers, making it harder for our travellers, um, there's one question I want to ask you all online today. If you're comforting yourself by focusing on statistics that highlight that you are personally not at risk of death, if you are not going out of your way to limit the spread of COVID-19, are you taking part in what is really a form of social eugenics? So my question is, for those of us who are self-isolating, and we, my husband and I, made the difficult decision on the weekend that I needed to self-isolate, and that's because a number of reasons. Uh, we're coming into a flu season in Australia, number one. I can't get a flu vaccine until later in the month. And the fact that I have an aggressive form of rheumatoid arthritis, which means that I take immunocompromised, uh, things that keep me healthy, healthy, also mean I'm really susceptible to disease. So for me, a normal part of my life is social isolation, watching hands, staying away from people who are sick, trying to keep a distance from people who have coughs and colds. That's part of what I normally do. Have I been rigid about it? Well, not always, because sometimes you're in and around people you love and you just don't want to be separated from them. But now, under this current threat, I am really focused. And so I'm self-isolating on my lovely rural property and I make no qualms about doing that. This is about giving me the best try, best chance of surviving this whole virus. So self-isolation for me is not hard. I'm quite comfortable being at home by myself and just making sure that I'm reaching out to people on social media. So, but for those of you that this is not touching, is unlikely to touch, I am begging you to think about the rest of the population. What I've seen happening in Australia in the last week has hurt my soul. The photos of fit, healthy or apparent fit and healthy people uh, ripping toilet paper out of old people's hands of grocery shelves being completely empty, that's not okay, Australia. We are not in war with each other. There are plenty of groceries. There are plenty of things to go around. And if for once in your life you had to limit your the way that you do things and change the way that you do things for the short period of time that this virus is running rampant, is that going to be so bad? I am angry that people think that they have the right to assume that they're going to be okay therefore they're going to continue doing exactly what they've done all of their lives that's not okay in this era we need to start thinking about everyone we need to take precautions for everyone's benefit and this selfish idea that i'm fit and healthy this is not going to touch me that's not okay. And I challenge you today to start thinking less selfishly. And obviously, I'm passionate about this because I think some of these measures should become part of our world going forward where we protect others and not selfishly think of ourselves. If you're sick, stay out of the community. Wash your goddamn hands and do a good job. If you have to go out in the community and you're sick, practice that distance away from people. Those few things that we're being taught to do now in this crisis will actually protect the most vulnerable in our population forever. And those things are the positive things that could come out of this whole virus situation. But I'm begging you people, stop thinking about yourself. Start thinking about those people, those people that can't get their groceries, that normally shop online as a protective measure for their immunocompromised situation. Start thinking about other people, please. Start being kinder. 
start being nicer. And those of you on social media who reach out with angry taunts and angry messages about how dare you say we shouldn't have a local farmer's market? How dare you? On the news this morning, one of the most interesting statistics, and I'll leave you with this before we go to our first break, is that 20, the spike in infection in Australia has spiked to 24%. What happened in China was they shut down a whole province when the infections got to that rate. What's Australia doing? Oh, we're just going along carefully, slowly and measuredly. I think that's wrong and I think it's deplorable and I am most upset with the behaviour of some Australians in this situation. So we're going to pop over to a short break. When we come back, I have the most beautiful person to talk to you today. Her name is Dr. Vesna Grubeb. Nick, and I'm not sure I've spelt that properly, but I'll correct it momentarily. Um, so we're going to pop on to a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to introduce you to Dr. Vesna. Over to you, Rebel. Radio Tony, bringing social consciousness this time every Thursday evening, live from the Gold Coast, Australia, on W4WN. Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl, discovering a woman of strength and beauty is the new book from Australian author Tony Lontis. Available in paper, ebook and audio formats, Resilience is a true life story of Tony experiencing and surviving trauma, abuse, mental health issues and the ultimate betrayal of someone she fell in love with. Available for download now through all good online retailers and in all good bookstores. And welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Tony Lontis live on Radio Tony. And some of my darling listeners, Nancy's pointed out that she agrees. Kim says, amen, sister. Hayden says, very true. Speak it. Larry says, it needs to be said. Willow said, yes, ma'am. So just I implore you across Australia and America to be more considerate of each other. Yes, this may not affect you. Yes, you'll get through just fine and dandy. But some of us won't. And if we all start thinking about each other, we will get through this just fine. So this morning, I have the pleasure of having Dr. Vesna live on the show today. And Dr. Vesna is a PhD and she has 36 years experience in business, including economics, domestic and international financial markets, global strategy, cultural change, uh, a multinational organization and has spent a life's work working with CEOs, executives, professionals, salespeople, business owners, managers, teams and individuals. She's mastered the art of science and understanding behaviour and performance and her current practice centres around NLP, which we will talk about momentarily. Um, I am really happy that I have someone of such expertise to talk to live on the radio today. Welcome, Dr. Vesna. How do I pronounce your last name properly? Thank you, Tony. Hello, everyone. My surname is Grubacevic. Dr. Oh, so you fine. say it so beautifully. <laughs> Grubacevic. Grubacevic. Vesna's fine, Tony. <laughs> I'm going to call you Dr. Vesna because I just can't say it as beautifully as you do. Perfect. Thank you. So this morning we decided that we were going to, when we set up this interview, we we're going to talk about how to stop sabotaging your confidence. But before we get into that, I just would like a brief comment from you, Dr. Vesna, about the world's current events and how you're feeling about all of this. Oh, where do I start? There's so much yeah. to talk about. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I think what we need to realise is that uh, I'll talk about Australia because that's um, more yes. uh, familiar to me. Um, Australia's been through a number of different major events this year so far. So we've had the bushfires, yes. we've had floods, and yes. now this virus. So Australians are used to bushfires, as in we've had them before, they know yeah. we get through them, uh, they know how we work through them as a society, and we yeah. support each other. So they know that there's light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. Uh, likewise, with floods, 
you know, it's happened before, we've all worked through it, and we know how to deal with it. The virus, however, is something completely new, something completely left the field. And so people are being pushed out of their comfort zone. They've never yes. had to deal with a virus. Uh, it's something new around the world and in Australia. And so when people get pushed out of their comfort zone, fear kicks in, panic kicks in, anxiety kicks in, and they tend to, well, some people overreact. And yes. that's where you get behaviours like uh, hoarding, panic buying, etc. inappropriate behaviours as well. I might add, I agree with you totally. Yeah. Uh, it's a reflection of people's fears and anxieties. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, so the hoarders and people who are panic buying uh, are simply acting upon the fears and insecurities. It's their way of coping. Yeah. And in terms of resilience, when people get pushed out of their comfort zone, if people have had experiences in the past where they've been challenged and they've had the opportunity to develop resilience, it's a lot easier for them to deal with something left of field like this. So yes. as an example, uh, mom, my mum was born literally days after World War II ended and in a very poor family in Croatia, lived on a farm. They had to scrimp for every bit of food. There were like eight kids plus the parents yeah. and she was lucky to get a chicken foot for dinner, for example. Uh, yeah. So, it, you know, for her, relative to what's going on now, it's like, well, you know what, we'll get through this. She's more calm mm -hmm. about it, yeah, mm -hmm. because she, she has a, a, a reference that she can compare it to, which gives her a little bit of certainty. Now, people who haven't been through major uncertain events in their life yes. are more prone, left to field and, and more unstable and don't know how to cope with the uncertainty. Yes. And so some people are using the hoarding and the panic buying as a coping strategy for dealing with it. It gives them a yes. sense of control, even though it's at the expense of other people who are vulnerable. Yes, yes, yes. I think that that is the loveliest explanation and I do understand that people are acting from a point of fear and uncertainty mm. um, and I appreciate that and I just wanted to implore people just be kind. In this instance, yes. take a death, take a mm -hmm. breath and just be kinder to everyone around you and yourself and so I um this kind of leads into the whole conversation about confidence and links into resilience as well if you are resilient and you're confident in your own coping skills that confidence actually really helps you in this time of uncertainty and anxiety and it leads it in leads us into the subject for our interview today is how to stop sabotaging your confidence. So Dr. Vesna, what is confidence? So confidence is a positive emotion. It's a feeling we feel and it reflects our level of self-belief and self-worth. So if we have a strong self-belief and self-worth, we have more confidence. If we have yeah. less self-esteem and self-worth, we have less confidence. Yeah. And again, if you internally have that confidence, then you see times um, like this as just another challenge and that you will get through. That's correct, isn't it? Absolutely. It gives you a little bit more internal certainty that yes. the ac action you'll take, the decisions you're going to make are going to be the right ones for you as well as other people. Yeah, yeah. So, Dr Vesna, why should we stop faking confidence and success until we make it. Yeah, this is one of my little pet subjects. A lot of people say, just yes. fake it till you make it. And to me, it's the worst advice people could give because uh, the people that I speak to every day, they're already confused enough about life. They're already confused enough about what they need to be doing, which direction they're heading, and especially now. So by telling somebody to... Uh, be something they're not, to fake something they're not, it, it's just creating more internal confusion. And the key here is that whatever you believe always prevails. So if you say something just to pretend and you don't believe it, 
your beliefs yes. always win. Similar to affirmations. Yes. Okay, so affirmations okay. affirmations only work if you really believed in. Yeah, yeah. So it's about the belief, isn't it? It is, absolutely. And it also takes a lot of energy to fake something, a lot of energy. Yes. So yes. you might, have, might as well use that energy towards making it. Yes, yes, good point. Um, you talk about 35 different ways that we sabotage our confidence. Can you tell me a bit more about those ways, Dr. Vesna? Yeah, 35 is probably a lot to go through at the moment, probably yes. a bit too yes. overwhelming. The key ones would be yes. Yeah, I'll just go through the key ones, probably some that are relevant at the moment with what's going on. Uh, so the first one is anxiety. Uh, so that's a key saboteur of confidence. And the way wow. it sabotages, yeah, it's, the way it sabotages is people are dwelling on and expecting worst-case scenarios, um, you know, what could go wrong, negative what-ifs. And the more we dwell on those, the more we start to buy into it. And yeah. the, mind is, the mind is very interesting. And I've shown this through research. If we visualize a worst-case scenario or a best-case scenario, either way, the mind will actually think that it's real. Okay, uh -huh. so we'll, And we'll act upon it as if it's real. So we need to be careful that we avoid creating self-fulfilling negative prophecies, as we call them. Uh -huh. We need to, yeah. So anxiety is a key one. And we can come back to that one in more detail if you like. Yes, because yes. uh, it's probably key. Uh, uh, there's probably a lot of anxiety around mm -hmm. the world right mm -hmm. at this point in time. There is, there is. Um, and this, the second one, which is sort of related, are people's buttons. Um, and I call them buttons. Um, so people's buttons are when you know, they overreact to a situation uh, yes. with fear, with hurt, rejection, anger, jealousy. Uh, so a simple example, road rage, out of proportion yes. anger. Yeah, so, uh -huh. okay, so somebody pulls that in front of us, instead of just, you know, calling them a name, we get really, really worked up and angry and, you know, 10 minutes later we're still fuming. So that's out of proportion. And it's not good for our health, which I can come back to as well. And likewise, panic is out of proportion, fear and anxiety. Mm. So we can loop back to that as well, if you like. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. Mm -hmm. um, I've just got to, <laughs> just interrupting, Jet wants to know, why do you think people fall for the things put out by the media? Oh, I do you love want to that question. That? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I love that. Um, the media, especially the mass media and some social media, they feed on negativity. They feed mm -hmm. on people's fears and anxieties. So if people have these fears and anxieties already, it's very easy for those buttons to be pushed. Yes. And it's uh, it's something that actually, you know, while we need to stay informed of what's going on, especially now, we need to know, you know, what to do to stay safe. I think rather than turning to mass media, which feeds on all of this and creates hype and drama around it, I think we need to stick to sources that are factual. They give us the yes. facts. So, you know, government websites, health websites, you know, reputable places that we can rely on that are not just sensationalising it to sell papers or get more click-throughs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, organizations like the World Health Organizations, which which is uh -huh. just who.org, I think it is, or it might be who.int, they have the latest information. So if you're armed with the latest information, then you're going to feel less anxious and more confident in the way we go forward. It, that's that is so correct, correct Tony. Yes, and and then you yeah. can take the appropriate action rather than uh, feed the frenzy that's out there already. That's correct. So, what are the five those five, of those five? Oh, sorry, those couple that we've talked about so far that mm -hmm. sabotage your confidence in a major way. Mm -hmm. How can we work on those things? Whilst we're in this, it's a good time to work on things that are coming up for you. So if you're feeling anxious, what are some of the ways that you 
tell your clients in coping with anxiety? Okay, so anxiety uh, is simply when our focus is in a different direction. Okay, so um, there's different types of anxiety. So there's um, worry, there's stress, there's mild anxiety, there's um, generalised anxiety, there's panic attacks, anxiety attacks. So there's a, a whole range um, of anxiety uh, in terms of definition. So I'll focus on the smaller end because at, yes. at the panic and um, anxiety attack end, usually fears, deep-seated fears are associated with those. So mm -hmm. we probably wouldn't be able to, you know, talk about That's how fine. to address those here. So if we look yeah. at the um, lower end of worry and stress, to minimise worry and stress, the number one thing that I suggest people do is focus on what is within your control. Where people get worried and anxious is they focus on things beyond their control. So uh -huh. we can't so we can't control the media, for example, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> we we, can, <laughs> we can't control other people, unfortunately, as in, you know, tell them what to do. We can, but it's up to them to mm -hmm. do it. Uh, we can't control what our, you know, partner, family and friends do. We can't control uh, what, uh, you know, the government does and so forth. So to regain some sense of control, focus on you and what's within your control. And that's four things. There are four things you can personally control. So the first thing is your thoughts. So your thoughts. Think about where your thoughts are. Are you dwelling far too much on the negativity out there? Uh, if so, pay attention to, you know, what are you watching? What are you reading? What are you listening to? Who are you surrounding yourself with? Are they negative or positive? because they will either add or detract from your worry and stress. Okay, mm. So your thoughts are really, really important. Secondly, watch your emotions, and that's linked to your thoughts. So if you're focusing on negatives, your emotions will be negative. The two are related. Uh, thirdly, your behavior, what you do. So, you know, there's a choice we have here. We can either panic or we can prepare. I prefer that we prepare. And yes. so, you know, panicking is, you know, going out there, panic buying and hoarding, which is out of proportion and inappropriate, as we've talked about. But prepare, preparation is like, okay, what do I need to do to prepare for this? Uh, like you did in your introduction, Tony, you are proactively protecting yourself. You've chosen to self-isolate. You know, there's some things that are in your control. Okay. Uh, washing your hands, yeah, washing your hands thoroughly, making sure you avoid touching and hugging. You know, what else can you control? Um, uh, can you be there to support other people? You know, can you lend a helping hand? Not physically hold a hand, of course, but <laughs> <laughs> metaphorically. <laughs> you know, can, can, you, can you, you know, be there for them? Some people just like to talk about what's on their mind. So just be there to listen to them. Other people want help, so you can ask them, you know, what help do you need? Uh, you know, find solutions if they need help. Uh, refer them to other people who could help them if you can't. That's how you can have some semblance of control over your behaviour, your thoughts and your emotions at the moment. If you focus on what's within your control, you will feel better than if you focus on things outside of your control. And I think that in times like this, it's it's an amazing opportunity to do some of these things. There's going to be a lot of people confined to home and working from home in uh, self-isolation. And this is the time when you can do some of that inner work and come out the other side with boosted confidence, less anxiety. And I Agree, Dr. Vanessa. I I tend to think that these times of um, mass anxiety are times when we can really do some great things for the world. And wouldn't it be wonderful if, out the other side of this virus, the world was a healthier, happier, more connected, less selfish, more confident uh, humanity? That would be amazing, wouldn't it? 
It'll be great. I think life life happens, challenges present themselves. How we deal with the challenges is the key and what we learn from them. So I totally agree, Tony. Great opportunity as a society for us to learn from this and to create a society we really want moving forward. And and some of the things that we're being required, some of the behaviours we're being required to change are great things for humanity as a whole. If we'd all been practising good hand washing, for instance, Mm -hmm. there would be much less spread of disease. If we were all practising kindness to others and thinking about others before ourselves, there would be less hoarding and panic buying. Um, Yes, totally agree. Um, Bruce wants to know, how can behaviours be changed? Great question and perfect for Dr. Vesna. It's a great question. Thank you, Bruce. So there's um, a, many different techniques out there for changing behaviours. Uh, and generally speaking, there's two, two broad ways you can change a behaviour. Uh, one requires willpower, and we've all heard of willpower. Uh, yes. Usually it takes a bit of effort to, to change a behaviour with willpower. Uh, most people, for example, on a diet or if they're going to change a habit, need to really discipline themselves for probably at least 28 days before it becomes a habit for them. And I think most people that's call it... 28 days, guys, that's not long. And you'd be surprised, Tony, how many people fall off that uh, wagon, so to speak, uh, within a few uh-huh. days or even a week. So... Uh-huh. Willpower requires a lot of effort. So uh, as a simple example, um, I'll run a scenario. If, um, if I'm upset and my automatic response when I'm upset is to run to the fridge and eat. Uh-huh. And so if I want to change that with willpower, I'd be consciously needing to go, okay, uh, check in. How am I feeling? I'm upset. Okay, so normally I go to the fridge. I won't do that this time. What will I do instead? So it requires us to stop, be aware, and really consciously think about doing something different. So it's quite a bit of discipline. It is. So so I call that the hard way to change a habit. (laughs) Oh, so there's an easy way. There is an easy way. There is an easy way. Uh, There is an easy way by working with the subconscious mind because Uh all our behaviours and habits are created subconsciously. We do them automatically. Uh, They get created very quickly. You know, one day we're upset, we go to the fridge, there's a habit. So Mm -hmm. we work with the subconscious mind to reprogram the response we have. So, for example, we would automatically help somebody when they get get upset instead of going to the fridge and eat, they would have a glass of water, do something different. Uh And it will be an automatic response without them having to think about it. And that's where some of those subconscious-based techniques that I use come into play, NLP and so on. And this is where I'm loving getting to this part of the the interview because I absolutely think that NLP and hypnosis are powerful forces to help you change self-sabotaging elements of your personality in your life. So what um, can you tell our listeners, Dr. Vesna, what is NLP? And how does it help people? All right. So I'll keep it uh, jargon-free. I like to do things jargon-free, nice and simple. Uh, So firstly, NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. So a big word, a few big words. It simply means it's a set of techniques which work with the subconscious mind to very quickly reprogram our thinking and behaviour so that we can automatically do something different. So simply put, that's what it is. Uh Uh-huh. And this has been the main area of your work for a really long time, hasn't it, Dr. Vesta? Yes, Tony. So for the last 19 years, a combination of NLP, hypnosis and a set of tools that I developed through my PhD related to hypnosis is what I've been focusing on. And what's the difference between NLP and hypnosis? 
they're very related. They both work with the subconscious mm-hmm. mind, just in a different way. So with NLP, the client is in a more alert state. Uh, mm-hmm. They're then they're completely awake. Sometimes their eyes are closed. Sometimes they're opened, uh, and we very quickly work with making a change. So, for example, we have one NLP technique that we can help uh, a client stop a behavior like stop eating chocolate in 10 minutes. So it's nice wow. and quick. Provided that they're, you know, on, you know, 100% committed to doing it, it'll work forever. <laughs> uh, that was my next question. Does yes. it last for the rest of their life? So something – so can you use NLP in uh, serious circumstances like with depression – alcoholism, those sorts of things? Uh, You can. I use a combination of NLP, hypnosis and the tools that I've developed because they work on a deeper level subconsciously and uh, so we need to combine it with NLP and so we would need to work with, um, you know, obviously what's happened in the past. The good thing about it though is we've got a way of working with what's happened in the past to change how people feel, their behaviour and uh, you know, basically set themselves free from what's happened in the past without having to relive the emotion, be re-traumatised by it or even talk about any memory. So it's a very safe yeah. way of doing it. Yeah. yeah. And how does NLP and hypnosis help us change our mindset and develop our resilience so first of all they automatically help us change a response to situations help us to quickly change Ah. habits and behaviors so you know when we uh, for example look at the news uh, you know my automatic response is i see the news i switch i switch channels i just don't want to get involved in all the drama i prefer to rely on facts rather than Uh, the hype. Uh, So that's my automatic response that I've set up for myself. Um, So resilience we can develop by making sure that we have new coping strategies for dealing with uncertainty, okay, and replacing uh, what we currently may be doing, like hoarding or probably not your listeners but other people out there hoarding and panic buying if those people want to change those behaviors love to help them (laughs) so that they stop doing that um, and they can be more considerate so uh, we, we would replace a coping strategy that's not serving them and society needs to be a win-win for everyone with a coping strategy that's more supportive of them and people around them yeah which leads me into um, Dr. Vesna on her website has a whole package of free resources for our listeners. And I've put up in the chat box the connection, uh, the link to connect to those free resources with Dr. Vesna. And if you go onto Vector, Dr. Vesna's website, which is www.qtt. R-A-N-S-F-O-R-M-A-T-I-O-N.com. That's QTTransformation.com. And Dr. Vesna has provided for everyone a whole package of free resources that you can use to help get your mindset and your behaviours changed, particularly those things that, that annoy you about yourself. So that um, eating chocolate when you're stressed, uh, the uh, feeling anxious, the uh, things like depression, all of that can be helped with um, Dr. Vesna's NLP hypnosis and her resource tools. And she has provided the link for that for Radio Tony listeners. And it will also be on my website, radiotony.com. But just for those listeners, again, it's qttransformation.com, a whole set of wonderful free resources that you can tap into in these uncertain times. And whilst many of us are working from home, it's another great opportunity to start doing some of these, doing this work on yourself so that you come out the other side of this whole uh, virus scenario a more healthier, happier, better person. So what an opportunity. We don't get 
opportunities like this and it will probably only happen once in our lifetimes. So those of you that are listening today, this is your opportunity to do some soul searching, to do some uh, professional um, and personal development, particularly if you have the opportunity to work from home, particularly if you're told to self-isolate, particularly when nothing's going to be open, you can't travel anywhere. What a great opportunity to turn inward and come out the other side a better, more confident person. And so I just wanted to touch on NLP in terms of the current COVID-19 and fear, Dr. Vesna. Mm-hmm. And uh, would you like me to touch on something specific there, Tony? Yeah, yeah, that would be wonderful. Okay. So a lot of people's fear buttons and anxiety buttons have been pushed. So we've talked about buttons. So, yeah. you know, they're, they're overreacting because they have those underlying fears and anxieties to begin with. Uh, so they're, they're not um, – they're, they're looking for a coping strategy with the current uncertainty. And so anything that gives people more certainty is really going to help at the moment. And because we are unable to control what's out there in terms of uh, government, what they say, what they do, we can't control the media and other people, the certainty we can have is within ourselves. So how can we create certainty for ourselves? Because keep in mind, beyond this, there's going to be a new society. Yeah, hopefully we all hopefully we all learn from this and develop a, a better society. So, you know, what plans do you want to put in place for yourself when this is over? You know, what skills can you develop in the meantime to be ready for that? Um, you know, a, a lot of people's relationships will be challenged when they're self-isolating. Mm. Um, you know, some people already have challenges with. Uh, their buttons being pushed by their partner, what happens when they whiff them 24-7 if they need to self-isolate? Yes. Um, <laughs> likewise with kids. Sorry, I'm laughing. I've just had a vision <laughs> pop into my head of um, a husband and wife arguing um, over something uh, trivial because yes. they're forced into self-isolation for yeah. a long time. That's right. People will be frustrated with themselves and they will express it to their partner and their kids, etc. So something that's really important during this time is to communicate more effectively with each other. I see this as a golden opportunity to really learn more about what makes each other tick. You know, yes. really understand each other. You know, what 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 motivates you? Um, what what drives you? What you like? What you don't like? Like, really get to understand the person at a much deeper level. Um, you know, people communicate in different ways. Uh, there's actually over sixty different drivers of behaviour. Uh, from an NLP point of view. So, um, you know, as part of those free resources, people can receive some extra tips to help them manage the relationships as part of this challenging time. Uh, you know, some partners go into their cave to deal with challenges. Um, mm-hmm. You know, ha- how do you deal with a partner that's gone into their cave and you want to talk to them? You know, that's that's a challenge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that that's a justified way for some men to cope is to just shut down and go into their cave, isn't it? And I've had women do the same. I know some oh. female, yeah, some female clients do the same. So it's actually not gender specific, actually. I didn't know that. I thought yeah. it was predominantly men that went into their cave. Oh, good to know that some women yeah. do too. Some women do too, (laughs) as do some children. So we need to be mindful that some people cope by, you know, needing to internalise what's going on and to, you know, get their head around what's going on and some people like to talk through it. Uh, So, you know, personally I'm a talker. I need to talk through it. And so for me it's important to have someone to to talk through what's going on my ideas and so on, uh, yeah. whereas other people just don't want to talk about it. Yeah, yes, I know plenty of the, those mm. sorts of people who just don't want to talk about it. And I'm like you, Dr. Vesna, I like to talk about it. I like to talk about what options there are. Like I like to weigh up po- the positive and the, the negative. So uh, 
using an example of that, my husband and I, the discussion about whether it was sensible for me to self-isolate. What are the positives of that? What are the negatives? How could that Uh affect my business? And I'm actually feeling really grateful because my business is around online radio. And Uh so I still get to have wonderful conversations with amazing people live on air. So I kind of feel like I'm a bit of a conduit for those that are listening online and I'm thinking that there will be a lot more people listening online and searching for answers simply by the fact that they're forced into their own environment for an extended amount of time. And I think that that's exciting. Um, And for you and your practice, Dr. Vesta, you can actually use technology to connect with people. And I'm wondering, are you uh, already doing that or is that part of your strategy going forward? Um, Or are you just more likely to use social distancing in your own practice? Because your practice is about being with people and helping them via your tools and NLP and hypnosis. So that, in effect, means that you are predominantly with people, doesn't it? Uh, Yes. And what I've noticed is more and more clients are being responsive to doing online, like Zoom videos and Skype. And we can certainly do sessions uh, with video because we need that visual feedback, of course, uh, so we can make sure the clients are uh, okay and following our instructions. So, yeah, it's quite quite easy to do online and um, it's um, a very convenient way for clients as well because they can do it from the comfort of their home or office and they're safe. Yes, yes. I I just, I think that um, we have some wonderful opportunities to do things differently and offer different um, different ways of doing things. DJ says, some places are throttling the internet at this point <laughs> and we may not be able to be online much until this is over. Well, I, I was actually feeling a little the same. I've noticed a distinct decline in the speed of our internet and I can only put that down to the number of people jumping online at the moment for whatever reason. Um, I would think that the internet will be able to cope but we may experience some of those outages and, and slow speeds, I would think. What, how's it going for you down there? Uh, Dr. Vesna. So far, so good. Uh, what I yeah. do suggest to listeners, if um, if they want to maybe download any ebooks or download any resources that are online From at your the moment, free yes. and and in addition to mine, any others that they would like to read, I think it might be a good idea to just download them onto the computer, so then whenever they wish to read them, regardless of the connection on the internet, they can access them. Yeah, so jump on to Dr. Vesna's um, NLP free resources. There's a whole bundle of really great resources. There's an ebook. There's um, notes, strategies. You can connect directly with Dr. Vesna. Just a wonderful package of free goodies that we can offer to people online. Um, from all over the world because your practice is not just defined to Australia. So anyone listening from America or or Canada, New Zealand, you can all access these free wonderful resources on Dr. Vesna's website. And just once more, that's qttransformation.com. And the link is also in the chat box for the free resources directly. And later today, it will also be on Radio Tony's website um, in terms of just giving you the link so that you can access those free resources. And I encourage you to connect with Dr. Vesna. Take advantage of those free resources. And in this time of uncertainty and being at home, working from home, not being able to go out and and travel as much as we used to, take advantage of some of these things. And I'm really appreciative that Dr. Vesna has made these available to all of you today. Um, And I'm particularly um, thrilled that we can offer offer them to you to just jump on, 
download what you not want, um, see what you need and give yourself the opportunity to work on some of those things that may be concerning you. And again, you can do these from home. You can connect with Dr. Vesna from home, from the safety of your home. You don't need to go anywhere. Um, and she's ready, willing and able to help you with these things. So we are, quite frankly, almost out of time again. I, I The show has zipped by. Um, I would really like to thank Dr. Vesna for taking time out of her incredibly busy schedule to talk to all of us today and to offer those free gifts and resources to our listeners of Radio Tony. Um, again, just jump on and take advantage of those things at this time. I know I will be because I had a quick look and thought, oh, goody, I want to go and have a look at that. I want to have a look at that. Um, and I will uh, be. We, I will continue to broadcast cast live to you each week from my little home office in Talabudra Valley. Dr. Vesna, thank you once again for your thoughts, your valuable information and your free resources. It's an absolute pleasure to talk to you today and hear your thoughts on life and our current times. And uh, just thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much, Tony. I really appreciate the opportunity and wishing all the listeners all the very best. Take care. And with that, my wonderful listeners, thank you for listening today. We're out of time and I will look forward to chatting with you all again next week on Radio Tony. Bye for now. Radio Tony, your safe space for tough conversations, exposing secrets and talking about trauma and recovery. Radio Tony. A platform for the unheard. Radio Tony. With Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Radio Radio Tony. Available now on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores. Radio Tony. Back next Thursday from 7pm Eastern Standard Time, live from the Gold Coast, Australia. Mama.